Welcome to The Mind Killer, the rationalist brain on politics. As always, I'm Wesley Fenza. I'm Inyash Brodsky. And I'm David. And this is episode 69. So as a very special treat for our audience, we're doing sexy news. Oh, yeah. And because we're doing sexy news, I decided to invite the sexiest person I know to come on the podcast. But then I realized that Eniash is already on the podcast. (laughs) So I asked the second sexiest person I know, Ayla. I'll take it. I'll accept it. So, uh, Ayla, you finally found it. The meetup full of uh, emotionally mature, successful slash driven, horny, high testosterone, <laughs> greater than three Sigma IQ guys. It's us, the mind killers. <laughs> Where have you guys been my whole life? In your across the nation feed <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> The, the three sigma thing especially was like, isn't three sigma like 160 IQ? No, uh, it's, it's 145. Oh, okay, okay. Not not quite as bad. Still pretty high, though. You were really Which three sigma, like, you know the, that. The average reported IQ for like a less wrong review at one point. Oh, okay. They can't know that. <laughs> they made that up. So specifically, where are the sexy high T rationalists? Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I hear the two major groupings of them are in the Bay Area and New York. And you've left the Bay Area, right? Yeah, I've lived in both the Bay Area and New York. And okay. And to be fair, like I mean, I did date Nate Soros, who's pretty hot. Cool. But I heard that went well. I read all about it. Yeah, it was pretty great. I mean, we're still kind of dating, just less seriously now. Gotcha. All right. Because he's okay. Never mind. Go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, we have uh, some uh, uh, follow up from a previous episode. To talk about David. Yeah, so... It's not uh, a David was is... wrong. <laughs> no. Yeah, this is actually from our most recent bonus episode where uh, we had the notably attractive Weird Beard on. Uh, and he was actually wrong about something. Um, the uh, prettiest, prettiest princess and co-hostess of his podcast called him out on it. So I figured I'd do it here just to set the record straight. <laughs> uh, so in that podcast, he said that he, quote, runs the Assorted Calibers podcast. And uh, uh, Aaron, the co-hostess, wanted me to clarify that it is, in fact, a group effort of which Weird is one of, but not the sole showrunners. Also, if any of this is news to you, it means you're not listening to ACP and you should go fix that. <laughs> All right. Thank you, David. I told David we could cover that in that episode if he talked about how sexy weird is. Um, and I don't think that was enough. So, David, talk more about how sexy weird is. Uh, well, uh, he has a very striking baritone voice and I know very little else about him because I only know him from podcast. Well, when he was on our podcast, he was very charming, which is always sexy. Yes. that too. And he knows a lot about guns. So if yep. that's your thing, it's, you know, that's a thing you'd be into. <laughs> all right. We're going to move on to the new news, and it's all sexy news. Woo! And we're going to start with sexy tech news. Our first story is from the very unsexy Mark Zuckerberg. Um, and it is that the metaverse which is the uh, Facebook or Meta's new um, virtual reality world, um, is profoundly unsexy uh, in that there's no sex in it. And there's no even, like, uh, bottom halves of people in it. Hmm. <laughs> and that uh, 
this is profoundly weird because why wouldn't you immediately use virtual reality for sex? That should be its first use. A lot of media um, technology has been driven by the porn industry. Yeah, yeah, it's basically one of the two big ones alongside war. <laughs> right. <laughs> the two things humans are most interested in, sex and violence. Yeah. Yeah, and they're already making VR porn. Like like the majority of Americans I saw survey report pornography as immoral, like view, view it as immoral. So I'm like kind of not surprised that they're taking a conservative stance on this. Yeah, I remember when Apple said that they were uh, providing their users with a porn-free environment or some shit like that. People finally liberated from having to be involved near able to see porn, which I don't know. I, I think it's dumb, but I think the large part of the dumbness is that Americans are huge hypocrites about sex. And I guess you can't really blame someone for trying to follow the the where the incentives lead. Yeah, no, I agree yeah. with that. I think the incentives here are like you either do this and like don't even give the hint that anything sexy could possibly be going on um, or else you get branded as like a dirty, filthy sex app. It's such a kneecapping to the to the platform, though, because I mean, Tumblr started out with sex. Twitter started out with sex. PayPal was sex. Like all these things started with sex use first and then grew beyond that and kicked the sex workers off. They, they didn't get to the part where they can kick the sex workers off yet. They're, they're jumping the gun. <laughs> That's true. Uh, notable exception, Twitter uh, still allows nudity. And I know because there's an account I follow called Ayla Girl that uh, <laughs> often posts nudity. Do you follow my porn account? I've, yeah, of course I do. Who wouldn't? Nice. Uh, it's Listeners, a lot of full porn, porn actually. Like Twitter in general. Like you can find full porn scenes, penis and vagina graphic. On Twitter? Yep. Oh. And I've actually heard that they may be soon allowing um, like an OnlyFans kind of thing. I hope where so. Where people can charge for uh, access to content, including adult content. That'd be pretty it's, great. Yeah. Yeah, I really I really hope so. My guess, I'm, my hope is like Elon is more sympathetic to this, um, but often like it's kind of outside of people's hands, you know, like I said, market mm-hmm. forces. Like you yeah. might lose advertisers, and it might he not might not be able to afford that. Elon losing advertisers? The <laughs> hell you say? Um, and this was actually in the works before Elon. Um, but my understanding yeah. is he's broadly supportive of it. Did someone explicitly say super follows would be allowed to have not safe for work content? Uh no, no one's actually announced it yet. Um, it's all very like industry sources have said and mm-hmm. anonymous reports and stuff. Um, definitely nobody from Twitter has come out and, and announced it. Uh, but you know, we can hope. Fingers crossed. So I'm I'm curious, Ayla, are you going to pay the eight dollars, and which account is going <laughs> to get the check? <laughs> Probably both of them. I wonder if you could have multiple accounts. Oh, I I bet you wouldn't. That'd kind of be like um not really doing verification if that was the case but no they could know. they'd both be by the same person you could verify you're a real person and the right person for both yeah. of them right yeah yeah Just i guess that's twice so uh, i'm curious which account has more followers because i know the uh the one with all the awesome polls is like over a hundred thousand <laughs> well i i i started my porn twitter which like immediately surpassed my normal twitter um and then i kind of stopped using my porn twitter and now my normal twitter has re-surpassed my porn twitter but only barely i think i've got like a difference of six thousand followers or something oh and that's because you stopped doing your porn twitter yeah basically ah uh, ah uh, well 
nevertheless. Yeah. yeah, it's so crazy how easy it is to get followers if you're posting porn. <laughs> I gotta start posting a lot of porn then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who's gonna argue? I all I do is retweet interesting things. I don't ever post my own stuff anyway. Boo. Yeah, it's I... it's a nice way to um aggregate things so i can dump them all in the show notes for the mind killer two weeks later <laughs> i uh i'm not gonna name names but i do have a friend who uh a has been told by a lady friend of his uh that he should consider starting an only fans and b uh complains moderately regularly about how few twitter followers he has and the thought has crossed my mind that those are potentially uh two problems that could solve each other can guys make money on only oh i guess there's gay guys yeah never mind <laughs> yeah, my guess is that there's probably actually quite a good market for it like uh there's very few people who are doing anything interesting with porn like for a long time on reddit r slash lady boners gone wild which is like basically the gone wild but men posting for women like the very top huh. post was a guy who's doing something funny in his thing it was like a series of photos where he like fell down in a shower or something and i'm like <laughs> dude the amount of guys that are like actually putting creative effort into the photos that they post are basically nothing like i bet if a guy actually tried to do something novel and pornographic together he could probably do pretty well Eniage. Mm. okay well <laughs> you're a creative right. type shit you got me there all right all i'll right. think about this all right breaking news Eniash mm. brodsky only fans <laughs> we'll, we'll have the link in the show notes oh boy <laughs> onlyfans.com forward slash death is bad <laughs> i might change it to porn is good no sex is good there we go all right all right next story uh here's the headline that i thought was fun uh anti-cancer drug gives boars super sperm Ooh. Uh, apparently there is a drug called taxifolin which is an anti-accident and anti-tumor drug uh, and it increases their sperm quality which is the amount of sperm like density in the uh, in the semen um and they're they're seeing they're they're gonna study if this is uh, can be used for humans because apparently our sperm counts have been dropping oh but that'd be very good for people trying to have children do the nordics yeah. currently yeah. exist things that help sperm count uh there probably are um i think they're they're usually uh, uh prescribed lifestyle changes oh. uh, but i'm sure there's drugs out there um there's you lots of uh, there's lots of quack drugs out there that get advertised to you on porn sites. Um, but there's probably some legitimate ones also. I'm kind of on board with lifestyle changes. Seems like uh, you could probably make some fairly small ones that would quite probably help a lot. Apparently, clomiphene citrate is an estrogen blocker, and using it can help improve your sperm count. Ah. Hmm. Uh. It's all that it's all that lady uh hormone <laughs> that's the problem. I knew it. Yeah. Do you feel like identity attached to your sperm counts? Like how embarrassed would you be if you got your sperm counted and it was really low? I would not be embarrassed at all. Um, I'd be I'd be disappointed because no I want kids, but mm. and it would make that harder, but I wouldn't be like embarrassed, I don't think. Yeah, but I know that like some guys are, and it always struck me as weird. That that is weird, especially because like you can't see that. I would think that like the amount of semen is something that you could be proud of if it was you know extraordinary. But if it was a huge load but no sperm in it, like who cares? Yeah, as long as I'm, you're trying to get pregnant. I, I wish guys wouldn't be proud about how much semen they have. More semen is just more annoying. <laughs> <laughs> more cleanup. That's what yeah. I see every time I see an ad for like the boost your semen. I'm like, no, I don't want to. <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, but it makes sense to me that guys would be insecure about their sperm count because it's it's like a direct measure of your virility. That's true. And that's like yeah. very important to some guys. Well, um, none of us, I'm assuming. Well, no, it is important to David, but <laughs> yeah, we I, can just... I already have all the children I want. Yeah, and it, it's pragmatically important to me, not emotionally important. <clears throat> right, yeah. Well, I guess we found out what that, uh, that guy in Rapper's Delight had been eating. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, what? The guy that's going to bust you out with his super sperm. Exactly. Oh, right. He's going to go do it. You do so, it. Sorry. I I don't know why my head went to the verse about the the disgusting, awful meal that the uh, singer's friend's oh. mom serves him. Yeah, it's the verse after that where he's comparing himself to Superman. And he's like, okay. I'm better because he's wears tights and I have better sperm. Okay, so... Right. Uh, as our resident sex researcher, Ayla, I need you to find out whether chicken that tastes like cardboard uh, increases testosterone levels. The people want to know. But all right. Uh, instant fact check. It's chicken that tastes like wood. Ah, thank you. Wait, what? What is that? Oh, from the song again. Yeah, gotcha. the song. <laughs> yeah, You're right. the one who brought it up. I, I am, but he said cardboard, and I was very confused for a minute. All right. Who thought it was a good idea to give boars super sperm? Boars are already <laughs> basically vermin. I, I think it was an accident. I think they were like, we're going to cure these boars' cancer, and instead they gave them super sperm. Well, again, why are you trying to cure boars' cancer? That's just God <laughs> helping us get rid of a problem. Because then how are we going to justify people owning AR-15s, David? That is an excellent point. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Anyway, next story. Uh, Researchers at Kyoto University have designed a building for a moon colony that allows people to have sex in it. Now, if only they would design a building for Tokyo that allows people to have sex in it. <laughs> wait, wait, you said a building for a moon colony? Yes. Okay. Is, isn't any building in a moon colony one that you can have sex in? Well, no. See, I didn't know this. Apparently, it's very difficult to get an erection in low gravity because what? the blood oh. needs to flow downward. Seriously? That's. I mean, that's what this article in Newsweek says. Kinky people have sex like upside down in, in all sorts of places. Do they? But do they stay upside down while they're having sex? Uh, I I don't know actually. I know hmm. they like flip over sometimes, but I, I don't know. I don't know if they stay in that position. Have you ever fucked upside down? I have I have not. not no. I, I I mean that'd be kind of hard to do. I imagine. Yeah. No, it'd but... be soft. <laughs> <laughs> but kinky people do all sorts of things that are hard because you know gets them off. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean there's. Like, there's definitely context for, like, hanging people from their ankles, but it doesn't usually involve, like, actually, you know, having sex while hanging from your ankles. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe I was just assuming they were too creative and adventurous. All right, well, we need our audience to weigh in on this. Has anyone listening had sex upside down? And if so, did it affect your erection? Should it, do we even need to specify males? Well, no, I was going to say, I, I want to know, uh, women too, if it affected your arousal at all or like your physical response. Um, I've had sex on a 
slope where my head was down before. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't remember it, though. How steep is slope? Not that <laughs> steep, actually. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But it. yeah, this uh, this design is basically like a cone that spins around um, <laughs> at the right speed so that it has like 1G of gravity inside. <laughs> so it's like an amusement park ride designed to make you vomit. No, it's the opposite of that, Enia. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It, it just gives you normal gravity, not the super gravity you get in the Gravitron. That's a good point. Um, but yes, it does use centrifugal force, like the carnival ride. Cool. But they say that one of the reasons they need this is so people can have sex and, like, you know, have children in the colony. On the moon? On the moon. Are we are we planning that? Researchers at, at the Kyoto I University am. are. <laughs> but yeah, definitely. Moon colonies. We, can, we have to. How are we going to not? Yeah, we, we got to get off this planet at some point. And Mars has very light uh, very light gravity, too, like one-sixth Earth, right? Mm. No. It's it's less than Earth, but it's not one-sixth. I think the moon is like one, more than that. Uh, oh, you're right. It's about one-third. Yeah. Little, is okay. it really Mars? Yeah. Oh, crazy. It doesn't have the iron core that Earth does, which is also why it doesn't have uh, that shielding that we need from radiation. It doesn't have the iron core like Eniash Bradsky does. <laughs> All right, you guys are really going all out flattering me today, and I kind of love it, but but I'm starting to suspect something. It's the sexy episode. What are we going to oh, talk about? Oh, that's right. Yeah, no, okay, good point, good point. All right. I, am I going to have to, like, send you some pics to include with the uh, with the episode? Yes. All right. I, mean, I recently did a, uh, did a fairy... Want. I recently did a Fairy King cosplay, which got some good, good reactions, so Ooh. I can send you that. All right. Well, listeners, check the show notes for some uh, candid photos. Not, not that candid. For a they, they pre- preview only... of yes. Inuyasha's OnlyFans. Exactly. Okay. Gotta get some cheddar. I, I, I'm sorry. Are all of our news stories this episode from Newsweek? No, just like a good handful of them. Because they have a, a sex news uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, category. It was surprisingly difficult to find sex news. Yeah, I just got I I got a hit for like Newsweek sex category, and I was like, oh, this is some interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Ayla, do you have any comments about sex in space or on the moon before we move on? I mean, I'm like, I'm kind of enjoying like the thought of men getting the sense of validation from having sex on the moon. Like it's like a new <laughs> achievement to unlock. Uh, like oh, like being able to true. be hard, like not necessarily just the act, but like rather like ah yes, I was successfully able to to fuck. See, that's I feel why, like uh, the validation would be if you could do it without the special colony. The special if you were like, colony? I'm, I'm so great that I was able to fuck on the moon in in moon gravity. Yeah, that's why all the uh, science shows have tight spandex that people are always wearing because then <laughs> when a guy gets a boner, you can see, and you're like, ah, he's a high quality mate. No, that's why they wear those in space because there's no danger of getting a boner. So it won't be embarrassing. Data do we have about boners in space? Like, is this like an actual thing or just sort of like some guys are like, oh, I just noticed I'm a little softer than normal. That is is a good question. So I know that in like free fall, there there are like serious health problems that come from uh, people having too much blood in their head and shoulders because normally it just like falls down from gravity. Um, I don't know anything about like having similar problems on the moon i'm given to understand it doesn't take a ton of gravity to fix that but i don't know i'm not a moon scientist <laughs> i'm, a I'm no scientist. moon sexologist 
Um, well, we should definitely know, like, it'd be easy to, to tell if guys can get erections upside down. So we should at least know that. Yeah. Um, the, the effects of actual microgravity are uh, probably more speculative. Right, I think if you're a teenager and you're sleeping, you can have sex in any or have a, a, an erection in any position at all. It just might not be as, you know, firm as usual. Hmm. So how many Viagra pills should you take then if you want to have sex in microgravity? We should ask NASA. <laughs> All right. Uh, David, call NASA before the next episode. I will not do that. <laughs> Damn it. All right. I guess we'll never know then. All right. Next story. This one is from Eniash. Yes. This is a story about something that everyone on this podcast is an expert in. Female <laughs> orgasms. <laughs> Uh, apparently, according to a new research, females come, female orgasms come in three distinct types, and uh, they named those types Wave, Volcano, and Avalanche. Um, the which... original name was Good, Bad, and Ugly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, which uh, they, they're distinguished by the patterns of pelvic floor contractions, and uh, then they describe the various contractions and how they relate, I guess, although I have no idea how to interpret these words since I don't experience female orgasm, but uh, it's it's there if you want to read. Fuck, I'll just read it out live. Why? This is what people pay for, right? <laughs> uh, wave orgasms show successive contractions of tension and release at orgasm. Avalanches occur when the pelvic floor has higher tension that is released all at once during an orgasm, and volcanoes involve the pelvic floor staying at a steady lower tension before dramatically increasing at climax. And the interesting thing about this is that probably most women didn't know this either, because it turns out that most women only ever have one type of these three orgasms. And it's consistently that one type for, I guess, their whole lives. Hmm. That's weird. Do we know anything about how like distinct they are from each other? Is it sort of like like a, a graph that's like, I don't know what you call it, like... Are there big jumps? Are there clear differences or are they just sort of like talking about a spectrum? Yeah, I can put it in the uh, chat that appears down here at the bottom. Uh, if you scroll down a little there, there is three, the three graphs and they are quite distinct looking. Oh. Now, Ayla, the people want to know, does this sound like, does this resonate with your experience? I don't think I understand it well enough. Uh, I mean, I've definitely had like different types of orgasms, but if they're saying that you only really ever have one, then, then I guess I wouldn't know. I think it's, I don't know. I don't think it's necessarily that only one, everyone only ever has one, but it's probably the rare person that has more than one. I it was sample size like was, oh, sample size was only 54. So maybe just none of those 54 people. Yeah. I also feel like it's probably a multi-dimensional thing and this is a dimension. Mm, yeah. I wonder if this correlates with the vaginal versus clitoral orgasms at all. I thought the same thing, but it doesn't say here. Is this just, is this just how you're like contractions? Is this one looking at this graph? Yes. Yeah. Oh. That's why I'm pretty sure that it's like the fuck. Just kind. I, I think they just did the thing that researchers do a lot, where they find something that's easy to measure, and then they act like that's important, but it's actually just easy to get a quantitative measure of stuff, and then slap up a graph in uh, LaTeX and. That sounded much sexier than I intended it to, but I guess it's thematic for this episode. What yeah, I'm saying is, I think, this is just, I think this is just a, a streetlight fallacy slash uh, publication mill thing. I'm I'm so fascinated though. Like I didn't know. Like Avalanche feels like a new one to me. Like for, it just the the increase and then the orgasm is marked by a decrease. 
intention? What the fuck? I I don't know. Never experienced any of these myself. <laughs> uh, it, it, they uh, the study was done using a Bluetooth vibrator made by Lioness, and it's called the Lioness vibrator actually. So people can go and get their own uh, vibrator and test this themselves because apparently it'll record these things. If, if you had to draw a graph of your own like like muscle fluctuations during like masturbation and orgasm, what what would it look like? <sighs> I think mine would just be like a peak and and you know sort of gradually rising then peaking and then falling off a cliff like the actual orgasm thing would be i don't know just a whole bunch of like bam 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 and then like slightly slower you know more more spread out bams contractions over so the, like next, the avalanche i don't know 30 seconds um yeah i guess i don't know you see mine would be more like the volcano mm, okay uh, this is so cool Staying at a steady lower tension before dramatically increasing at climax. I wonder if yeah, I could put this into my kink survey, like ask like, which graph are you sort of thing. Ooh, you should. See what it correlates with. Yeah. yeah. Are you still getting new responders on that survey? Yeah. I mean, last I've checked, I'm getting a couple thousand a day. Ooh. Damn. Nice. For people who are not familiar, Ayla has probably the largest data set in the world, uh, in history even, on, uh, on kink and sex preferences. Yeah. Due to this awesome long survey that takes a fucking half hour to go through, but <laughs> it's for science, so it's good. And uh, we'll link her blog in the show notes. She posts like lots of interesting data analysis on her results, yes. so you should all read it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, thank you, Eniash, for that story. Sure. That was a good one. Um, we're going to move on to the social category now. Uh, and our first story is, this is not really new. Um, this is something that was studied in 2021 uh, but it's not something we've talked about before and it's the uh the data that um young people are having way less sex than they used to um specifically young adults age 18 to 23 um from 2000 to 2017 are having significantly less sex um in the in the latter years there Did, I, um, I thought you were seeing like a, a reversal starting very recently is that right I heard it, but I heard just heard it. Oh, that would oh. be nice. I wonder if that it was COVID-related. Awesome. Well, no, the yeah, decline was like from, what, you said 2007 to 2014 or something. Yeah, this was 2017, the data set ended. Oh, okay. I would think COVID made it even worse. Yeah, I would think because specifically like people that didn't already have partners were kind of isolated from each other. Mm-hmm. And also just internet usage went up a lot. Maybe, <laughs> maybe the kids these days are finally um figuring out how to integrate this technology into their lives in a sane way because i i don't know when i had no phone for a long time i noticed how much more in touch with the world uh, i was and that just made life you know more exciting and sex more interesting Mm -hmm. maybe the recent spike is uh david what do they call it pent-up demand yes that is the uh that is the term yeah 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 maybe nobody fucked during covid so then covid ended and they're like all right let's do this (laughs) <laughs> That's my guess. Eniash um, has a related story. So yeah. Oh, go ahead, Dave. Yeah. So my guess is that um, we have been extremely heavily propagandizing uh, people to think that teen pregnancy will absolutely destroy their lives if it happens to them, and then we're collectively acting like a shocked Pikachu when the takeaway people have had from that was. Pregnancy destroys lives and not pregnancy destroys lives until you hit your 20s and then it's no big deal. And even like 
once you get married. Uh, so yeah, I, I like, I think I, I, I think pregnancy not... is a big deal, but I have a troop deployment related to, yeah, people yeah. being I, scared of sex. I agree. It's a big deal, but like specifically the propaganda that at least I got with a religious upbringing is that like, and a very sex negative religious upbringing is it's not just a big deal. It's like very specifically a very bad thing for you. And if you want to have any sort of hope of having a career or whatever, then don't have sex because you might get pregnant and that'll be the end for you. And then like fast forward, fast forward 15 to 10 or 15 years and people who have absorbed those memes are going to be skeptical of, you know, having kids and having sex, even when they're in a place of, in their lives that they actually could manage to have kids and make it work. I, I find it difficult to believe that like the sex negativity, even all that taken into account is worse than it was like 50 years ago. Like it, what are the sex rates? Like, like were sex uh, in like slowly uh, increasing until 2007, at which point they became dropping or was it like mostly stable and high? And then it just dropped in 2007. So my thinking, and I haven't thought this through a ton, is that like people really started turning up the heat with things like set, quote unquote sex education in public schools and um, and uh, like really trying to propagandize kids against teen pregnancy, whereas before it was like handled on a more uh like interpersonal level between kids and their parents. I don't know. I'm mostly just bullshitting at this point, but well, that's kind of what I feel like is going on. Well, while we're giving uninformed takes, um, I think sex negativity is uh, probably related, but in, in kind of a different way. Now, when I was a, a teenager um, and in my early 20s, um, I got the strong message from society that the like the the high status thing the impressive thing the best thing uh, a man can do to like be like the ultimate man is to have sex with a lot of women um mm -hmm. and i i feel like that drove a lot of adolescent sexual activity um you know there was always obviously there's hormones and like people just you know wanting each other and everything like that but i think a lot of it was status driven and a lot of it was done uh, specifically initiated by men because of this idea that like banging lots of chicks is what makes you cool. Um, and I, I get the impression from the kids today that that's not really the case anymore. Like, well, can't you like easily make an argument in the opposite direction? Be like, uh, women were shamed for being sluts back then, but now there's this like movement of sex positivity among ladies where it's like, you're not like a terrible slut. This hookup culture everybody's complaining about on my tried timeline. Like it feels like kind of focusing in on one element of it. Like, like the men, yes. like you're a man for banging a bunch of ladies was often fed alongside the, like, you're not a man if your lady bangs other men, or if you, if you date a woman who's, has slept with a lot of other men like there's a lot of like mm. which translates into pressure on women to not be sluts so i'm not sure if that like actually changes the base rate of sex yeah no i think you're right that the, while there's been this downward pressure on men there's been this upward pressure on women um to be more sex positive and to like that that having sex is fine um so i don't know 
if those would cancel each other out or which one would um, would override the other? Well, I also don't know, but I know what uh, <laughs> some sex researchers have found in China. All right. Oh. Tell us about that. They found also that young people are having less sex, uh, much like everybody else. And it says, despite the rapid rise of the Internet in China and more liberal attitudes towards feminism and sexuality, I think that despite the rapid um, development of the Internet might might maybe should be, uh, you know, fueled by. But uh, that's just me editorializing. Uh, the thing that the, the researchers pointed out that they found surprising is that uh, 20-somethings in China prefer pets and online gaming to sex. So maybe people are just having bad sex and then deciding it's not worth all the risk and emotional fallout if the sex kind of sucks. Uh, sure, but like, I, why would that that, that 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 was probably happening the whole time? I mm. would propose that this is very possibly just Darwinian selection on the people <laughs> who really enjoyed sex and were good at it and had a lot of it getting uh, left face down in a ditch during Mao. <laughs> mm. Yeah, novel take. I mean, not really. <laughs> Did he kill all the hottest guys? Was that a I thing? Mean, I mean, he killed ev- <laughs> he killed anyone who violated the one child policy. Wait, what? Was that harsh? But they had already violated the one child policy, so their genes should have already propagated. Well, they killed those the people. Kids. Should be overrepresented. Okay, I know for a fact <laughs> that they killed the kids. They what? They did? Yes, they did. Oh my god! No way! Yeah, I'm. I am. Okay, I will fact check this so we don't have to do a um, a uh, <laughs> David was wrong segment. But yeah, I'm pretty sure that you would get a post uh, mandatory post term abortion and uh, get sent to the Lao guy. I um, heard that frequently parents would um, shuffle off a kid that was, you know, undesirable for being the wrong sex or whatever, since they only got the one shot. But I... I don't remember ever hearing that the government enforced that. Yeah, I mean, that's also a thing um, because there's one of the most imbalanced male to female child ratios in like history. Mm -hmm. No, no, that was just random. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'm sure. Um, Ayla, do you not know about this? The random? Uh, oh no, I was lying. Uh, it's not uh, random. Oh, you were making a. They were killing all the women. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm sure that a lot of the lack of interest in sex just comes from like, well, there's no chance in hell I'm getting any, so I'm sure those grapes were sour. Um, you know, yeah. a lot of people have sex without having babies, uh, though. The people who are subjected to the policy often received inhuman treatment when they broke it. The methods used to enforce the policy range from the wide distribution of diverse contraceptive methods, financial sanctions, and forced abortions and sterilizations for those who did not not comply. Holy shit. Okay, then. Still, I don't think that would really create selection effects since presumably they already had one children and a child and everyone else was only having one well considering that we're talking about communist china i'm guessing if the official punishment is mandatory abortion and sterilization the unofficial punishments were quite a bit worse yeah no no i'm just saying like they already had their one child or else this wouldn't have been a violation and if everyone else only had one child there still wouldn't create any selection pressures yeah, so I'm suggesting that it probably went above and beyond, okay, you have your one child, so we're going to leave you alone for now. Like, it does specifically mention uh, financial punishments or financial sanctions, and those could be, like, the difference between that child 
you know, doing anything versus starving to death. Um, this is a very depressing news story for a sex episode. <laughs> I mean, Inyash, you brought up Red China. I I apologize. I should have never done that. All right. Well, our next story is just as depressing uh, because it's about stealthing, oh, good. Uh, which if which if you don't know is when a man uh, either says he's going to use a condom or starts using a condom and then removes it at some point. Um, and a Canadian court has recently found that that can be sexual assault. That sounds like good news. Yeah, I, I think so. Okay. Yeah, I think I have uh, this question on my rape spectrum quiz. Yeah, where did people put oh, that? I am looking that up because I do not have it memorized. Let me see. I, I would guess pretty high because I, I took that. Survey. 73 out of 100. Yeah, that's and that, that's pretty high, right? Yeah. In terms of like uh, compared to other things. Yeah, I think like the average rated one was like close to like 40 or something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, I have a lot of problems with how we deal legally with sexual assault, but if we're going to prosecute it. Yeah, it's interesting like how heavily narrative forms it. Like I've been stealthed and when it happened, I didn't really think anything of it. And then after people were like, oh no, I was like, oh no, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, I think a lot of trauma is like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just, yeah, like you said, narrative based. It's like, where does, how does this make you feel intrinsic- intrinsically is like a lot different from how it makes you feel like in in societal context mm-hmm. like how how people how other your peers think about it i gosh i don't even remember where i read this once but there was someone who had suffered some sort of like sexual abuse as a kid but not like painful and never thought too much about it and then was a uh, very upset later on when um she was traumatized by how terrible this was because she said like the the way it, she internalized it later uh, after everyone told her this was terrible and she got raped, made it much worse than it had been before. And she felt kind of like her friends f- did her a disservice doing that. Yeah, this is extremely yeah. true. I, I read this book, The Trauma Narrative, which this lady went around interviewing a bunch of people who were victims of childhood sexual abuse. And like almost universally, the, the children don't process it as traumatic. It's only like post-rationalization where it becomes traumatic, which like it isn't meant to undermine the importance of it. I think it's mostly mm-hmm. like contextualizing it in like, oh, my parent betrayed me. Or my, you know, whoever adult betrayed me who was supposed to care for me. Like, it's like that sensation that really becomes the trauma, which seems reasonable to me. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. I I don't find that surprising. All right. Into less depressing news. This is our final social story, uh, which is from a blog called uh, Knowing Less. Mm. Uh, And it's the, uh, the, the finding that everyone has autogynephilia. Except possibly trans men. Except, except for trans men. Enios, <laughs> um, did you add this? I did add this one, yes. Okay, tell us about that. Because I, I noticed that um, we didn't have anything from Ayla, and I was like, she's yeah. going to be on the podcast. Unless, unless Ayla, you want to you wanna tell us about this. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I uh, asked people if they were aroused by the thought of masturbating as a male or female, um, and then also if they're aroused by the thought of like existing normally as a male or female. And most people are kind of aroused by most things. Um, like everybody <laughs> except for trans men are like really like the thought of masturbating as a woman. I wonder if you I... okay, I just had a thought. We need to establish like a baseline for horniness. You just <laughs> next time you next time you add stuff to the survey, you just need to like get a random number ge- or a random word generator. And say like, are you aroused by random word? And then do that for like twenty random words, just so we can like have a basis for a comparison. 
That's actually not the worst idea. Yeah, it's fair. Of course it's not a bad idea. I'm a scientist. (laughs) (laughs) I personally felt very vindicated when this came out because I had been told more than once in the past that uh, I may be trans. And this this idea that, you know, yeah, it'd be totally sexy and hot to be a woman and get railed was something that was pointed to. And I'm like, how? Everybody thinks that, right? (laughs) And yes, apparently everybody does. So huzzah. For once, typical mindings been vindicated. That that trans women like experience it more. Like it is more common among trans women, but like not a huge amount. It's not like a definitive thing. And uh, listeners, if you don't know... Eniash's other podcast, um, which, you know, we all have mixed feelings about. <laughs> um, no, we love it. It's a great podcast. Um, just recently did a whole episode on onogynephilia. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah with, we had Tail called on. Yeah. Who is, uh, is, is called out in this blog post. That's cool. Yeah. The, yeah. The, yeah. He helped me with the, the question phrasing. It was, it was super interesting. I learned a number of things. But yeah. It's very neat. Uh, but yeah, you, you, you pointed out that the exception are trans people. Who are really only turned on by having sex as their preferred gender? Right. Yeah. My guess is there's like a combo of things. Like, like in I haven't done like very detailed checking yet. So uh, like I might come back and be like, actually, this is more nuanced than what I'm describing. But generally, in my data, trans people seem to be like much more aroused by identity-based things in general, like transformations or like your body like moving or changing genders or like being Mm. a furry or like anything having to do with like yourself being in some sort of other sense like like identity warping um seems to be just interest in that all across the board so my guess is this is a combination Uh of like this and also like aversion to the other gender like there's some like attempts to characterize yourself as the thing you want to be and so there's a reactionary thing so my guess is like both of those things together are what's like creating these effects it's very interesting all right now we're gonna move go ahead oh i for one i'm looking forward to more research results they have very fascinating well i for one am looking forward to uh the the complete morphological freedom of the future so we can all try out oh, sex as God the yes. other gender yeah. how it is here here mm-hmm. all right all right so we're gonna move on this is our wild card section which is just other stuff that didn't fit into the other sections um so here's a finding recently that uh long-tailed macaques in indonesia in indonesia have been using stones as sex toys <laughs> hmm Tool use in other species again, huh? Yeah, add this to another thing that's not special about humans. <laughs> um, yeah, monkeys have found like uh, s- certain, certainly shaped rocks that uh, they use to get themselves off. Nice. Yeah, I, I'm proud of the monkeys, but also whenever a species shows tool use, I really think we should start keeping an eye on them and you know deciding what line we need to draw for the before, for the extermination before, to come before in. Before we force them into factory farm concentration camps i agree i what (laughs) we need to keep an eye on them so if they start getting uppity we can force them into factory farm concentration camps see i was gonna go with gene drive to make them dumb or wipe them out but concentration camps works too i guess we've already done it with pigs and it's working great every now and then they'll get they get loose and then they overrun texas that's true and now they're gonna have super sperm (laughs) <laughs> we're doomed uh i like here's a here's a quote from the article these genital stimulating behaviors were seen significantly more often in adolescent males than in males of any other age group the hell Which, you say obviously <laughs> yes. wait what kind, of, what kind of sex rock sex toys were these adolescent males using so they're just like rounded rocks and they basically just like hit their dicks with it. <laughs> <Whoa>! <laughs> 
They got some fucking hard dicks over there. Well, I don't know if you know this, Eniage, but I do most not. animals um, do not take very long to have sex. Oh, yes, I do. Know Usually that. it's just like the stick it in and you're done. Dude, apparently antelopes can have sex while they're fleeing from predators. What? Yeah, they yeah, they're just like, count. oh shit, I may die. Boom, boom, done. Let's keep going. Like just jump, mount as they're running. That seems pretty adaptive. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, got to pass on those genes now. Might be the last mm-hmm. chance. Yeah, it's crazy. Seems like it would cause some uh, interesting evolutionary dynamics because that's definitely a good deal for the male gazelles not so much for the females um yeah i don't know if you know anything about nature david but (laughs) it's great for the males and not so great for the females is a running theme (laughs) uh google ducks if you want to know more yeah well the the rest of nature just has to um is just trying to balance out the raw deal that praying mantises and um uh angler fish get Yeah, well, I think nature needs to get its act together. Hashtag time's up. I entirely agree. That's why I'm a transhumanist. (laughs) And trans animalist them too. Nah. Nature. All right. All right. All right. Next story. The Pope has recently issued a warning to nuns and priests telling them to stop watching so much porn already. Hmm. Uh, Which I think is great because... Of course they're watching porn. Yeah. Like, there's, you think about it for five seconds, you're like, oh, yeah, definitely. And the Pope has to come out and be like, no, guys, come on. You know, you know you're not supposed to. That's where, the, quote, the devil enters from there. What triggered this? <laughs> like, did, did they do a big, did like a bunch of priests come out? Like, how did they figure this out? I don't know. He just, but this, this was like a thing that the Pope issued as like a, a, I don't know. Oh, an, oh my uh, God. The devil enters from there is a direct quote. That from is a him. direct quote. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So he said porn quote weakens the priestly heart and that the pure heart, the one that Jesus receives every day cannot receive this <laughs> pornographic information. So I've been reading, um, I've been reading up on John Paul, the first conspiracy theories. I the first. Yes. Who cares uh, about him? Uh, well, he <laughs> he kind of invented the religion. Uh, no, he. Oh, you're talking about the Pope? No, yeah. no, that was Pope John. John, John oh, Paul. Okay. John Paul the first. Okay. Um, oh wait, no, that okay. was Peter. Peter invented the religion. Yes. Um. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, uh, Pope John Paul the first was uh elected to the office in like the 1930s, I think. And then he said, okay, there's this weird archive where we have a bunch of secret stuff. Like, number three on my to-do list is figuring out what's in there. And then three weeks later, he was dead of a heart attack. (laughs) (laughs) So, Hashtag Epstein didn't kill himself. All that is to say that uh, I'm pretty sure that the Pope can just, like, whistle up his lapdogs in the NSA and figure out what they're doing so creepy yeah that's fair uh but anyway if uh, we have any priests or nuns listening stop with the porn i feel that's unfair it would make the celibacy like easier that's exactly why you can't do it oh okay it's not supposed to be easy okay (laughs) i love this quote break the habit quote so you will not have temptation in hand (laughs) (laughs) which i it's it's like it shouldn't be weird to me, but it is to even like picture priests and nuns with phones. 
I'm like, aren't you supposed to be just reading the Bible on paper all day? It's weird to me to think of like tr- attempting to not watch porn. Like, <laughs> I know that happens, but like I keep forgetting. It feels like a cultural shock that there's this whole pressure where porn is considered to be bad. I don't know how you could make that comment during NoFap November. It is. Do you not know about NoFap November? Oh, I definitely know about that. But that's like that's okay. like fun abstinence. <laughs> well, that's the fun part. That's the we just want to save it up so we can jerk off yeah. as much as we want in every other month. Yeah, that's like normal. I'm talking about like people are like, oh, you watch porn, you know, like that that sort of vibe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Catholics. I but see, that's what they're doing. Bad nowadays, they're like, I'm not gonna jerk off in this life. So in the next <laughs> life, <laughs> I can get angels to jerk me off. Yeah, how exactly. do they have better sex? Angels. Uh, Catholics. Doubtful. I mean, given the stereotypes about Catholic family size, I imagine the ones that aren't in the clerisy do. Um, But I don't know. Uh, I I strongly object to the implication that having lots of children means you're good at sex. Yeah. I think that means you're bad at sex. So who wants all that as many children? We have any listeners who weren't Catholic but then converted to Catholicism? Let us know if the sex got better. So I think having a lot of having a lot of kids implies good at sex, but good at sex doesn't imply having a lot of kids. I feel like what do you mean? Religious by good people at sex? are uh, encouraged to you know have have lots of sex with their spouses, even though it's not good. I mean, yeah, my, my, yeah. I mean, they're definitely encouraged to, but that seems like a particularly hard, uh, hard one to enforce, even given the whole sky daddy thing. Like gay people that had marriages back when they couldn't be out and had children obviously had some sex to have those children, but I can't imagine it was very good. Yeah, I know my mom doesn't really like having sex with my dad, but she like dutifully did it every day for, you know, decades. Holy shit. Every day. I yeah. feel like that's like a normal thing in in religious communities. There's the wife is the wife's duty to keep the husband happy, so you're supposed to yeah, especially because they're not supposed to jerk off. Yeah. Well, yeah. So you you've been proven wrong, David. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh no! We made it depressing again. <laughs> All right. Well, we have a fun story uh, for our last one here, which is that Hans Neiman who is a 19-year-old chess prodigy. Alleged chess prodigy. I mean, he's definitely <laughs> very good at chess regardless, uh, but he has been accused of cheating recently. Um, and one of the theories about how he's been doing it, because you know, you're sitting across a chessboard from a person, um, is that he used Wi-Fi-enabled anal beads. Uh, that were <laughs> that someone could then trigger to let him know what move he should make. Um, and this, this is actually an interesting story because chess AIs are way better than humans now. Um, so cheating is really easy if you're not being watched. You just use a chess AI, it tells you what moves to make, and you will beat you know the best chess players in the world. Um, so the chess world is like really on the lookout for people finding a way to use these AIs to cheat. Now, I want to be clear. There is no actual evidence of you him using Wi-Fi anal beads, um, but he definitely got his junk scanned last time he showed up to compete. <laughs> so at least somebody's like, let's just make sure. I, You know, they could just always have the chess matches in a Faraday cage. They could do that, and they might start. They really should, because they, they should. You don't need to. They should see about renting venues from WWE. 
Yeah, right? Wait, are they? WWE are already been fair to cage? No, uh, Inyash, I'm pretty sure Hell in a Cell is not actually a Faraday cage. Oh, oh, okay, right, yeah. Uh, But that would also be badass, right? If you do your chest mash inside a Faraday cage? Hell yeah. Uh, Thunderdome. So Uh, did you guys follow, like, the details of how Magnus Carlsen actually accused the guy? Yeah, the resignation. Yeah, the resignation and then just the absolutely pettiest tweets in the history of petty tweets. Magnus Carlsen, for those who don't know, is the number one rated player in the world. And and the... uh, And he was beaten by Hans Niemann and is pretty salty about it. Uh, I guess we will never know. He... Uh, so I don't have the entire list of uh, all the tweets that he did, but uh, I know he like reposted a video of like a baseball coach who, after his team got beaten, was like, look, I don't know whether or not our opponents cheated, but I think they may have cheated. Oh, they're probably playing the Astros. I don't know. I know nothing about baseball. I assume that's who the Phillies are playing right now. Uh, that is who the Phillies have lost to in the World oh, Series. I'm very sorry. Uh, but they but are I'm, notable cheaters. Okay. On the plus I'm side, no glad. worldwide recession. Yeah. You know, if Magnus actually thought that he could beat Hans, he would just agree to a rematch in a Faraday cage. I mean, can they not suggest that's a thing that might happen. Okay. Oh, I think good. they should well, do that. I hope it does. Okay. Yeah. Notable fan of the Mind Killers podcast, Magnus Carlson. You know what you need to do. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Hans. Don't be a coward. All right. Well, shall we go on to the happiest of All the happiness? All right. Well, this takes us to happy news. Good news, everyone. And this episode, we've got some happy, sexy news for you from Eniosh. Specifically, Hell, yes. happy gay news. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, it is happy gay news. All right. Cool. Tell us about the happy gay news. Well, first, Singapore has uh, gotten rid of their gay sex ban because it used to be criminal for two men to have sex with each other in Singapore. And now it's not. So huzzah. Singapore oh. is a wild country, you guys. It really is. It's bonkers. Yep. All right. Well, good on you, Singapore. Yeah. Um, That's weird that you had a gay sex ban, but it's good that you don't have one anymore. I mean, it seems like Americans don't realize just how conservative most East Asian countries are. I mean, most of the world. That's a good point. They really hate the gays. I mean, this is why why I get annoyed when people, like, especially, like, social justice people shit on America. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, this is, like, one of the most tolerant places in the world. Yeah. Like, the rest of the world is, like, really kind of shitty about everything you're concerned with. They won't even let their nuns watch porn. Right? <laughs> God. All right, what's our other happy, sexy news? Uh, This one comes from Tokyo. Uh, Tokyo is issuing same-sex couples partnership certificates now, which is a thing they didn't do. They did not outlaw the, or up until, you know, yesterday, very recently, rather, maybe not yesterday. uh, They didn't have the gay sex outlawed, but they didn't formally recognize uh, same-sex couples, and now they do. Still not marriage, but, you know, it's uh, a... Yeah, this is basically like uh, domestic partnerships like uh, the U.S. was doing for a little while, right? Yeah. Well, imagine there being couples in Tokyo. <laughs> I don't know what that means. It, is Tokyo like do, do people not date there? Yeah, Tokyo is like the or live in the pod and eat the bugs location. Oh. Well, isn't that better if you have two people per pod? You save money. Uh we're talking about extremely small pods here. Yeah, but like if there's two of you, maybe you get a bigger pod. 
I'm not sure it works that way. Um, but yeah, the, 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 so I'm joking uh, because the uh, Japanese do also have a very low fertility rate, uh, much like the Chinese. Um, Maybe but, they're uh, all gay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, one of the reasons why is because they don't have the same sort of absolutely strangling uh, zoning laws we do. Which in a lot of ways is a good thing, but also makes like family size apartments and homes kind of hard to come by, uh, especially in big city centers. So that's why I give the Japanese grief. It's because I love them and I see their potential, but they won't do single family zoning. And we all know Just like all parents. I love single family zoning. <laughs> all right. Well. This takes us to troop deployments. I'm willing to put wave after wave of men at your disposal. As we all know, politics is the mind killer and arguments are soldiers. So in that spirit, we ask each of our hosts to send a soldier out onto the battlefield each episode. Uh, Now, Ayla, do you have anything that you want to pontificate about to our audience? Oh, geez. I uh, had something earlier, which I forgot. Uh, I think Las Vegas is great. Oh, tell us about that. Really? Everybody should go to Las Vegas. I mean, maybe not everybody, but I think Las Vegas is underrated. What's great about Las Vegas? It's it's just like a unique concentration of human gaudiness in some way that kind of like horseshoes around into being really incredible. Yeah, I actually agree with that. I've been to Vegas and it is um, very gaudy. Uh, but in a, in a really a way that's really enjoyable, at least for like the four days I was there, um, might be less enjoyable if you're there for an extended period, but I don't know. I've never tried it. I have heard that they've gotten really bad about nickel and diming people because they aren't just taking the L from COVID, which is weird considering that these people are in the gambling profession and you'd think like know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away and know when to run is like day one of how to run a successful casino but i guess not so maybe Wait, are the casinos maybe getting of... nickel and dimed no uh casino customers are oh well yeah so, they're yeah may... dumb marks so well, of course well no so normally the way that it worked was everything is super cheap so that you can so that you have money that you can get flayed at, away from at the uh at the tables yeah, yeah that's true and they're not doing that anymore Oh really? So no, are they making you pay for drinks? Uh, I don't know exactly what the details are. I just saw like uh, uh, I had a YouTube thing start auto playing about like why Vegas has gone downhill since COVID. Uh, from a guy who lives there, so yeah. I assume he knows what he's talking about. Well, uh, listeners, if you don't know, the most magical thing about casinos is that if you're gambling, they will just bring you free drinks. Yeah, you can gamble <laughs> with pennies. You can actually ask for drinks even if you're not gambling, and they'll bring them to you. Um, I assume that at some point they'll throw you out, but they're not going to do it on your second drink. I am very interested in this whole, the gaudiness of Las Vegas is actually really kind of cool the way it horseshoes around, and I'm looking forward to a blog post from either of you uh, going further into this. I feel like, didn't Sasha Chapin write one about Las Vegas? I feel like he would have. Oh. It's possible. Well, uh, I can yeah. go try to Google that up. Well, I uh, am going to visit my sisters in L.A. Uh, for Christmas. And do you want to guess which city is approximately halfway between and convenient driving distance from both Salt Lake and L.A.? Ooh. It's Vegas. Vegas. 
So hey. yeah, I, I'm going to be stopping over there and I'll let you guys know. Hell yeah. You got to awesome. go walk through all the big casinos. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I've, actually play some games. It's fun. Yeah. Go to some drinks. A good friend of mine lived there for, I think, a year. So I'm going to I'm going to get the uh, get the list of well-known sites to visit and the list of lesser known sites. I recommend Texas Hold'em at Caesars Palace. It's great. Noted. Oh, I remember the thing that I forgot that I wanted to say. OK, go for okay, it. OK, so I was reading this book last night and it was arguing that um, PMS is a culture bound uh, phenomenon. Like oh, other cool. women in other cultures don't experience PMS and PMS was basically like invented in the forties or fifties or something. That sounds like yeah. the kind oh, of thing they do in the forties and fifties. And and so, and so I tweeted a poll for women, like, do you get PMS? And also do you believe in like energy stuff, like supernatural ghosts, et cetera. And there's a distinct correlation. People, women who get PMS are much more likely to believe in energy stuff. Well, no, this, see, this can't be right because women's bodies and especially their reproductive systems are notoriously well-researched and everything's <laughs> data-based, right? <laughs> right? Uh, women's bodies are massively understudied. Uh, we still don't even know if squirting is pee. <laughs> I, mean, I do not think it doesn't Seriously. smell like pee. I know what pee smells like. <laughs> I do not think it is pee either. And I mean, I've heard it builds up in the bladder and is released from there. And maybe there's like some traces of pee left behind or something. But no, that is definitely not pee. Yeah, no, I agree. But there's just like no, no actual studies on this because people just don't care. That's really stupid. Yeah. Well, listeners, go study the female reproductive system. Yeah. But we know what drug we can take to give us our super sperm. And we All know right. how to combine Omicron COVID with the uh, original COVID spike protein. Yay! David, Our that's for next episode. Our research priorities <laughs> are perfect in this country. They have no problems whatsoever. <laughs> All right. Speaking of David and his opinions, David, what's your troop deployment this episode? Yeah, so uh, I found a substack. I found it a while ago, but I didn't read it very faithfully. Um, but uh, I just wanted to make this recommendation. Uh, so this substack is written by a fiction author who uses it to post essays, fiction reviews, and other stuff he feels like. Um, and recently the author had a month of travel, and his travelogue was quite both heartwarming and insightful. Uh, he had a lot of personal growth and adventures, and he really wove it together in really well into a coherent narrative. Uh, I enjoyed it quite a lot, and I'm going to make it a point to follow this substack much more closely. If anyone would care to join me, the substack is uh, deathisbod.substack.com. Uh, oh, yeah, I know that one. Show notes. Yeah, it's by uh, Anias Broski. Something like okay, that. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm blushing. Is it my birthday or something? Like, what, <laughs> what's going on with this episode? Uh, we all so, just like you, Anias. So, right. Yeah, so Wes told me I had to have a sexy troop deployment because I had the really great Halloween troop deployment, but apparently it's not sexy enough. And for some reason, I uh, just... It, it brought to mind that uh, post of yours about Burning Man and how you were like very aware that that one person you had the brief interaction with found you attractive and it was very validating. I don't know why, but mm. yeah, Death, that was a good Death post. is bad is a good blog. You should read it and well, specifically go back and read all the uh, the the I guess it's not all Burning Man stuff. It's like a whole travel. Yeah. Uh, arc. Yeah. Probably like the past yeah. five or six posts four or five i don't think there yeah. were six right. 
All right. Now, now I feel pressure to actually produce good content <laughs> on my blog. Jesus. No, the content you're currently producing is perfect. Don't change a thing. Yeah, but now yeah. produce some good content for us. What's your troop deployment? Funny you should mention this. I actually am thinking of making a blog post about this troop deployment as well. Um, b- basically, that sex is now safer than uh, it had been. Uh, I Ooh. grew yes, I grew up uh, in the 90s, which was near the height of the AIDS scare. I think it was more an 80s thing, but it was still big in the 90s. And basically, uh, I learned that if I were like to have sex with... crows. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow okay but uh i learned that if i were to have sex with anybody uh my dick would fall off i would get pregnant and then i would die (laughs) and it was was terrible uh and that you know that was the case in the past um now it is less the case (laughs) the uh the uh the medical interventions that we have to make sex safer are really quite astounding and if you are like me an older person and haven't been keeping up on them like look into them because there's a hepatitis b vaccine there's the uh, hpv vaccine which stops um the two strains that are caused 90 percent of warts and also if you have gotten the hepatitis the hpv vaccine before 2016 go back and get it again now they have a new one that now guards against nine strains the gardasil nine uh the um the hepatitis C is, in addition to apparently being really hard to transmit through PIV sex, as long as uh, there's no one on their menstrual cycle at the time, uh, it is also now they have a cure that treats about 95% of cases. Uh, obviously, syphilis, gonorrhea, all those things are cleared up by a number of pills. And I I really thought about whether I want to do this troop deployment because I don't want to make people get careless and start doing dumb things. And I'm definitely not advocating for that uh remember stay very safe keep getting tested at least every six months uh but you don't have to be as scared of sex as people were in the past if you have conscientious partners and you uh and you both test frequently you can probably move away from condoms much sooner than you're thinking you know don't don't go crazy and have wild unprotected orgies but uh sex isn't nearly as bad even hiv has treatment now as a data point uh i've had sex, like a lot of sex with a lot of people and uh like i never caught an std while escorting at all hmm. excellent all right well yeah. you hear that young people you can have the sex it's fine <laughs> <laughs> and also please do write that up because uh i would like references when i have health insurance especially for those vaccines because get your vaccines and then go crazy is kind of on brand for us uh (laughs) and yeah trying to trying to reference the audio of this episode will be a pain for that sure yeah all right my trip deployment is about the ligma johnson situation (laughs) (laughs) now as everyone knows by now elon musk has bought twitter And one of the first things he did was lay off a bunch of employees. Now, as was reported by quite a few reputable news organizations, including CNBC, Bloomberg, and a bunch of local news stations, the layoffs included data engineers Rahul Ligma and Daniel Johnson. Now, this entire Ligma-Johnson situation really sucks. Now, while on their own, neither Mr. Ligma nor Mr. Johnson did anything particularly noteworthy, together, the Ligma-Johnson team was emblematic of the best that Twitter has put out. (laughs) They really kept their eyes on the balls. They had one job to do, and it was a job they did enthusiastically. Now, you may think the attention being paid here is overblown, 
but I assure you it is not. It is being the proper amount of blown. <laughs> Pulling them out leaves a gaping hole that desperately needs to be filled. You ask what's the best thing about Twitter recently, and any right-thinking person will immediately respond, Ligma Johnson. <laughs> now, in the coming weeks and months, much, much will inevitably be written about Musk owning Twitter, and the news about the, the whole Ligma Johnson situation risks being dominated by other news stories. So I ask you to remember the impressive pair who dared to show what they were game to do to please not just the people above them, but all of us. So when someone asks, hey, what do you think about the Twitter situation? You can proudly answer Ligma Johnson. When someone says, what were the biggest stories of 2022? Ligma Johnson. When you sit down with your family at Thanksgiving, be sure to bring up the Ligma Johnson situation. And dare I say it, when the time comes to nominate a new president in 2024, let's not count out the team that would really give the country what it's asking for. Ligma Johnson. Here, here. All right. That's our show for this fortnight. Ayla, thank you so much for being on with us. This would have been at least 90% less sexy without you. <laughs> I am glad I could lend my sex appeal to this audio recording. <laughs> Where can people find your content that they can pay for? Uh, that they can pay for? I mean, right now it's just my Substack, uh, which is ayla.substack.com, A-E-L-L-A. Yeah. Okay. Or other content that you want to promote that they don't pay for. Free content is always good too. I mean, my base website is knowingless.com, which is links to all of my other all right. stuff. We'll, we'll all. definitely yeah. include that in the show notes. And I encourage everyone to go check it out. Um, uh, other things I encourage you to do is follow our podcast. Um, wherever you follow podcasts, please leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts and please subscribe on Substack. Uh, it's five bucks a month. It gets you episodes early. It gets you access to all of our bonus episodes, not just those like one third of the episode teasers that we give to you free listeners. And it'll give you access to our subscriber only Discord channel where you can come talk to all the, the, the privileged few. Uh, and we'll be back in two weeks. Same rat time, same rat channel. Bye. Bye.